Hello, and welcome to the Green Leads Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Rizzo. Today, we're going to chat about all things protein for plant-based folks. I hear so much about protein, whether people are confused about how to get it, how much they should have. People talk about it like it's a miracle macronutrient. There's just so many misconceptions out there about protein, especially for plant-based people. So we're going to dive into everything like how much you actually need, whether or not it's overhyped. And then I also talked to some other dietitians to get their opinion on protein. But before we jump into all of that, I would love it if you subscribe to the podcast. And if you've listened before, leave a rating and a review. And if this is your first time, welcome. Ratings and reviews just help me get this podcast out to more people. And I so appreciate every single one. So anyway, let's jump into that topic. Okay, I know this may seem a little basic, but we're going to start with just what is protein. And like I said in the intro, it's a macronutrient. So there's three main macronutrients. There's carbohydrates, fat, and protein. It is something that we get in food, but is also something that lives in the body. So protein is the main component of muscle, but it's also the main component of a lot of organs in the body. So eating protein is necessary, and it is an important part of the diet. Within protein, there are amino acids. So there's 20 amino acids. Those are the building blocks for protein. And nine of them are considered essential, meaning that you cannot make them in the body. So you have to get them through food. So the difference between plant-based proteins and animal proteins are the amino acids that you're going to find in there. And we're going to jump into that. So that's kind of the the basics of what protein is. And now we're going to get more into kind of the nitty gritty, especially for plant-based people. So I'm in a few Facebook groups with other plant-based athletes, plant-based people, and I like to see what people are talking about in there. And that's actually how I came up with the idea for this topic, for this solo podcast. People were talking about protein and how much they need, especially on a plant-based diet, and the answers varied wildly because it's very confusing. So I'm going to give you the lowdown on how much protein you actually need and whether or not you need to pay attention to these numbers. So the RDA, the recommended daily allowance or the amount that you should have in a day is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. Now that is why this is confusing. For those of us who live in the United States, we do not use kilograms, we use pounds. So to turn kilograms into pounds, you have to divide by 2.2. Don't break out your calculator, I did the math for you. It's 0.36 grams per pound. Now, what does the daily recommendation mean and who is this for? The way that these recommendations are contrived is that they look at standard deviations, they look at a lot of research, and they come up with what they think is the best number for the general public. So they think 95% of the population could follow these numbers and be healthy. So that's how these recommendations come up for things like protein, but also for calcium, iron, things like that. So this recommendation is for most people who are supposed to exercise five times a week, 30 minutes a day. So for anyone who is considered an athlete who does more than that, who is really into endurance sports, who uh, plays professionally or recreationally and does more than 30 minutes of exercise a day, you probably need more protein than that. 
Now, the reason that the recommendation is based off of your body weight is because we all weigh different amounts. So a man who weighs 180 pounds versus a woman who weighs 130 pounds have different protein needs. And that's because we have different muscle mass. We're just a different body size. Protein also varies from children to adults to senior citizens, but the number I gave you is for most adults over the age of 18. So that's kind of the standard recommendation, and it's not one certain amount. For instance, if you looked at the daily recommendations for iron, you need 18 milligrams a day for any adult, regardless of your size. Protein is not like that. Everything is based on how much you weigh. But going even further down into the rabbit hole, we have to think about people who work out a lot, fitness enthusiasts, people who lift weights, runners, swimmers, people who play in high school, college, professional athletes. They need more protein because they have more muscle and because they are expending more calories. So the range of protein for athletes is pretty wide and it depends on kind of what you're doing and it's hard to pinpoint exactly what the best number is for every single person listening but the range is 1.2 to 1.7 grams per kilogram of body weight per day converted into pounds that's 0.54 to 0.77 grams per pound these numbers are so arbitrary and so confusing it is very, very hard to give a standard recommendation for protein. For most of the people that I work with, I generally go with about 1 to 1.2 grams per kilogram, which is essentially half a, uh, half a gram or 0.55 grams per pound of body weight. So essentially, you would take your body weight, divide it in half, and that's the amount of kil- that's the amount of protein that you probably would want to eat in a day. That is so different though, depending on the person, depending on what they're doing, what their goals are, what they're training for, what kind of exercise they're engaging in. It is very, very, very difficult to make standard recommendations for protein. So if you ever hear anyone say, oh, you need this amount of protein or you need that amount of protein, it's not that simple. In my coaching work, I've seen this with many clients where they come to me and they say, their trainer said, you're not meeting your macros. You're not eating this amount of protein. You're, especially on a plant-based diet, you're not eating enough protein. What are you doing? And they're, they're like, I, I don't really even know what I'm doing. That you just don't know if the recommendations you're getting are even right for you. So based off of the numbers that I kind of just went through, kind of think about like your lifestyle and what you ha- where you think you fit in there. If you're a, a bodybuilder, of course, you're going to be on the high end, maybe even up to two grams per kilogram, which is about uh, a little over one gram per pound. Um, if you are an endurance athlete who's training for marathons, you may need, need more too because you need more calories in your diet. But if you are doing things like maybe a 45-minute spin class every day with a little bit of weight training, you may be on the lower end. So it's really up to you what you take in. To put the athlete recommendations into perspective, for that same 150-pound person who needed about 54 grams of protein based off of the standard recommendations, for athlete recommendations, that increases it to 82 to 116 grams of protein per day. That is Totally, totally doable, but may not, may be a little high for some people. 
So before we get into protein for plant-based people, I chatted with a few dietitians I know about how they work with clients to figure out protein needs. And I got two really, really great responses that kind of give you a sense of what I was just saying. So Angie Dye, who's a dietitian, said, I think it's confusing because protein needs for athletes, plant-based or not, can vary greatly, kind of like I was just saying. Are they in a power sport or in an endurance sport? Or are they off-season or in a high-volume training period? Meaning, are you running a marathon, training for a marathon right now? Or did you just finish a marathon and now you're just doing some yoga? Are they recovering well or not so much? Meaning, are you getting enough recovery protein after your workouts? Are they getting in enough total calories overall? All these things need to be addressed based on the athlete's unique needs. So sweeping protein recommendations or nutrition advice isn't beneficial and can add to the confusion. And I totally, totally agree with her. This is a lot of times why the recommendation to work with a dietitian or seek advice from someone who is using science-based evidence gives you more benefit because you're someone like a dietitian is going to look at what the standard recommendations are but then also look at your lifestyle and what you're doing and kind of like help you navigate that world another dietitian who works with athletes named kelly jones said she often tends to discuss timing of protein as well as quality when it comes to plant-based athletes When it comes to timing, I find that plant-based or not, people still focus on total protein for the day versus spreading it out in four to five moderate doses. For those who are vegan, I still educate on protein pairing to optimize protein quality post-workout and at meals because even though research now shows that general population doesn't need to worry about complementary proteins at meals or those needing to optimize repair, essential amino acids and leucine content certainly still matters. I'm going to get into complementary proteins and plant-based proteins in a minute, but I wanted to go back to what she said about spreading out your protein throughout the day. So this is a really, really important point. If we think of things like protein shakes that have 30, 40, 50 grams of protein in them, and we think back to the recommendations that I gave you before, say someone is on the smaller side and maybe only needs 70 grams of protein throughout the day. If you have a protein shake with tons of protein in it at one point in your day, and then you don't worry about protein for the rest of the day, that can actually really mess up recovery. Because after a workout, your body needs protein, but it needs it for up to 24 hours to help repair the muscles so that they can work to grow and then also work hard the next day. So people think of recovery as an hour after a workout. So they take in tons of protein at that point, but that is not the case at all. Protein or recovery happens throughout the day. Not to mention that something I haven't talked about, protein really helps with hunger and appetite control. So if you feel like you're really, really hungry after a plant-based meal, it's very likely that there was not enough protein in that meal or healthy fats, that's another thing that contributes to it. But that's why I really focus on protein throughout my day and making sure that I get enough at breakfast, lunch, dinner, and even at snacks, because snacks tend to be more full of carbs than protein. So making sure you spread it throughout the day helps with recovery, but it also helps with appetite control. 
You can absolutely get enough protein throughout the day. As a matter of fact, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics put out a position stand a few years ago and they looked at the research and they found that people on vegetarian and vegan diets get enough or more than enough protein when they're eating enough calories. Now that's going to vary based on you and what your diet looks like. And if you're new to plant-based eating and maybe not really sure exactly how to go about navigating proteins, that may be that you're lacking there. Maybe you do feel like you are losing energy or you're not recovering properly after a workout or you're hungry all the time then there is a chance you're not eating enough protein. And if that's a chance, you can always reach out to me. I'm happy to help. Uh, I also have resources on my website, like a free meal plan, and I have um, a four-week plant-based athlete roadmap that walks people through how to create a plate that has enough protein and how to create vegan options and plant-based options that have plenty of protein. But you do need to know what you're doing, especially with plant-based protein. So let's just give a little example. I know we don't really use grams in the United States, but this example is in grams because that's how things are weighed. So a 100 gram serving of chicken breast, which is about an average portion, has 20 grams of protein. A 100 gram serving of eggs, which is a little more than two eggs, has about 13 or 14 grams. A 100 gram serving of black beans, which is about half a cup, has 7 grams of protein. And a 100 gram serving or half a cup of lentils has about 9 grams of protein. So essentially with the plant-based proteins, you need to eat more of them to get the same amount of protein. Now that's not necessarily a bad thing. A lot of times they're lower in calories. And the plant-based proteins are paired with a lot of things that you're not going to find in animal products. For instance, you're going to get fiber in lentils and beans. You're going to get iron in those things. You're going to get different vitamins and minerals, sometimes even antioxidants. So there's a lot of good things that come with the plant-based proteins that you won't get from animal products. Going back to what Kelly Jones said and what I've talked about with amino acids and complementary proteins. So you've probably heard this word before in the plant-based space. And what it means is the one thing with plant-based proteins is that they're considered incomplete, meaning that they don't contain all nine essential amino acids. There are a few that do. Soy products like tofu, tempeh, soy milk, quinoa is another one, but they're kind of rare that they all contain contain all nine essential amino acids. And your body essentially needs those essential amino acids to build muscle, to help with other things. But plant, uh, plant foods don't have them, animal foods do. So because of that, what we call complementary proteins is pairing different plant-based proteins together. Because for instance, one plant-based protein may have leucine while another one has valine. These are two of the essential amino acids. This sounds more complicated than it is. The easiest way to think of this is like rice and beans, right? That's Those things are paired together, whole grain rice and beans, because they make complementary proteins. Other things like chickpeas and grains. So a lot of times if you're eating a, var a varied diet throughout the day, then you're getting plenty of the amino acids and you really don't have to worry about this. But for instance, if you just went plant-based and really the only protein that you're into is black beans, then you may have to think about how you can add in more because there you need to get all those essential amino acids. So there are a lot of plant-based proteins. Obviously, we think of beans. We think of legumes, things like lentils. Uh, peanuts are also a legume. 
nuts have some protein but seeds have more so i think of things like flax seeds chia seeds hemp seeds uh, and then of course soy products things like tofu tempeh soy milk um, and then there's other things you can eat as well like seitan which is a texturized wheat gluten it has a lot of protein actually it's used in as like a replacement for meat in a lot of meals And then there's even things like nutritional yeast, which is something that you could sprinkle on food to kind of give it a cheesy flavor. And not to mention grains. Let's not forget about grains. So whole grains, things like brown rice, farro, quinoa is technically a seed, but we consider it a grain as well. Uh, Spelt, wheat berries, amaranth, a million different whole grains. A lot of them have protein. A lot of people ask, though, if the protein in plant-based foods is absorbed as well as the protein from animal foods. And the answer is that there's not a ton of research on that yet. They think that researchers believe that it may not be as bioavailable, but really insignificant. So uh, there was a study in 2017 in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, which looked at dietary patterns and body composition of more than 2,000 men and women over the course of three years. They put people in six groups based on whether they got most of their protein from fish, chicken, red meat, or plants, uh, legumes, nuts, seeds, vegetables. They found that where people mainly got their protein made no difference in their muscle mass and in their overall strength. So, there's we it would be better if we had some sort of randomized controlled trial where we were able to compare the two but a lot of times we're only able to look at these kinds of observational data to come up with some sort of conclusion so based off of what i know about eating plant-based and counseling people plant-based some of the research like this and then other things like the academy of nutrition and dietetics saying that people get plenty of protein even on a plant-based vegan or vegetarian diet it it stands to reason that eating plant-based proteins is no worse or than eating animal proteins it's actually just as just as fine like you're able to get as much protein recover well build muscle and live you know i would argue your healthiest life with plant-based proteins okay so those are really the facts about protein uh but to go to the title of this is protein overhyped I don't think so. I think if people are getting it constantly, drinking three protein shakes a day and worrying about it constantly, then maybe. I think within the plant-based space, I do run into a lot of people who don't understand how much they need or how to build a meal that has protein in it. So I think it is something to pay attention to, but to not make yourself nuts over. If you think of anything, think of it this way. Have protein with every meal and Personally, I actually like to plan my meals around protein. So for instance, with a meal, my first thought is, what is the protein source here? So if it's dinner, it may be tofu or lentils. If it's lunch, it could be beans. At breakfast, even oatmeal, oats have protein, a smoothie has protein, things like that. So, and same thing with uh, snacks. You can think of roasted chickpeas. If you eat uh, dairy, yogurt, cottage cheese, things like that have protein in them. So for me, I like to make sure that I'm getting it throughout the day, getting healthy plant-based sources of it, varying the amount that I'm getting and varying the types that I'm getting, and making sure that I include a little bit after a workout as well. Because 
Although, like I said before, you recover for a full 24 hours, within that hour after that workout, protein is going to help your muscles recover, which is going to help it so you're going to be less sore and that also you'll get some muscle growth, but it's also going to help with hunger levels. Don't forget that. So a lot of times if we completely ignore that the fact that we just worked out, go back and do whatever we're doing and don't eat anything, your hunger may rear its ugly head later on in the day and you may end up eating things that you didn't want to eat or maybe end up eating too much at that one sitting. So that is just some standard recommendations for protein. And lastly, if you feel like you need it, you can always track your food intake for a few days to kind of get a sense of how much protein you're taking in or how much food you're taking in, how your protein is spread throughout the day. Now, this doesn't always work for everyone. Some people find this completely overwhelming. Some people like to look at the data and kind of assess what's happening. It depends on you. If you have a history of disordered eating, absolutely do not track calories. That is not a good thing for you. But if not, and you just are interested to kind of see, you can download an app like MyFitnessPal. It's really easy to log your food and kind of just take a, take a sense of how much protein you're getting throughout the day uh, for a course of a few days. Think about those numbers that we talked about in the beginning of the episode of how much protein you need. Use that kind of as a guide uh, and then kind of look at how much you're getting and if it's spread throughout the day. If so, awesome. If not, you can adjust a little bit. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I'm at Greenleats or visit my website, greenleats.com. You can go to my website. There's tons of free resources like articles on there. And then there's some, uh, like I said, a self-study course that has weekly check-ins with a dietitian as well. So I'm interested to hear what questions you guys still have so that I can do more of these types of podcasts addressing uh, concerns that I get from my listeners. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I'll chat with you next week. 